hello and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. This week, I chat with Taylor Ritchie on how personal growth and self-discovery can really shape your career and mindset. During this chat, we've dived deep into trusting the process and knowing that everything's going to work itself out and it's okay to do things that other people might not understand. So let's jump straight into episode 32 of the podcast, trusting the process and not giving a fuck what others think. Taylor, thank you so much for being on the Millennial Crisis podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to finally jump on board. I think we've, we're going to have an awesome chat today. I start off every podcast, a very AA style question, which is what is your name, age, and what do you do for work? My name is Taylor and I'm 25 and I work in the legal field with people from overseas in the Pacific Islands and do a lot of welfare for that as well. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, that's so funny you ask because somebody asked me that yesterday. They said, did you always want to go into law? And no, <laughs> I think when I was about three, I wanted to be a jockey, which is just insane. It's like the most insane thing. I don't know where that came from. And then I wanted to be a builder like my dad. Um, and then all through primary school and early high school, I wanted to be an actress. I just, I was a drama geek. It's all I wanted make my parents film me doing these things and I look back now and I'm like mortified <laughs> when I did stuff like that and then in later years of high school I just knew I wanted to help people and I remember saying to my careers teacher in year 11 I said he goes what do you want to do because you need to start thinking about it I said look I'm not really sure I just know I want to help people and he laughed at me and he said I'll ask you next year and I told him the exact same things not specifically law I knew I wanted to I thought maybe youth work or something like that but I never really knew and I still don't I still don't know where I'm going to end up but I know I know I do want to help people and I gravitate towards certain sectors like welfare and youth and things like that so from when you were younger and you had all those outlandish ideas of what you wanted to do as people probably would have said oh you know they're just young they think that they can do whatever they want as you got older did that change like what did you tell people so not what you thought you wanted to do but what you told people you wanted to do look I've always been really open with my parents and they've always supported what I've wanted to do but I think my dad sort of got sick of it <laughs> towards the end, especially once I left school and I still wasn't sure and I was chopping and changing a bit, even while studying, he was kind of like, maybe just do one thing and stick to it. And I was like, no, dad, <laughs> shut up because I am so young and the only way I'm going to know what I like is if I, you know, try all these things. And you can do that, I think, without burning bridges with employers and companies. It's just about being honest. And they're pretty supportive in that now in a lot of industries. Notice that the law firms that I've worked with and the organisations I've worked with, they've been really open to expanding and letting me learn and coming back, going away and coming back. So I've been super lucky in that aspect, I suppose. Where did that com confidence come from to kind of like say to your dad or to to say when other people said oh you can't you're not allowed to jump around things you have to pick and you have to stay 
Yeah, I think there was a year, maybe three years ago, where I was really, I probably had two or three different things that I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And that was scary for me. I always knew my mum was just going to be like, yep, all good. You do you, basically. It was a bit of a different story with my dad, I think. That was the scariest part for me was calling dad and being like, hey, okay, um, so I'm going to, I've gone for a different job and I've got it. I think I've been like that with my parents forever. I've always been the outspoken one in the group of kids. So I think it's just been a part of me for forever. And I, I think I've known that they've always, they will always accept me. There's not once there's probably been times where they've been super disappointed in my what I've done or you know things like that but they've always supported me always it's interesting that you said that you told your dad that you were you got a new job in a different industry but you didn't tell him that you were applying for it is that right yeah so it was only once you got it and I hear that story so much these days it's until people make it or secure something that they tell a parent or someone in their life that that happens and it's 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 so sad and I relate to that fully as well I do the same thing with my dad yeah damn I really noticed that this year with you know me expanding my career I didn't tell anyone I think I told like two of my friends and or I told a friend and I told my little sister mm. and that was enough for me because I just didn't want people to feel I didn't want people to be upset that I didn't make it in something and I didn't want to disappoint anyone. And because I have chopped and changed, I didn't want them to just think, oh, it's just another one of Taylor's, you know, adventures that she's going to go on. So I didn't tell anybody for a really long time. That's something I want to stop doing because if you're worried about what people are going to think of you all the time, you're literally going to get nowhere. And you've got to think about, oh, am I doing this for me or am I doing this? For everybody else and I decided that I was doing it for me so you know I started to tell people you know what I was doing with my career and how I was wanting to expand and you know study some more and things like that so it wasn't easy I'll tell you that it really wasn't easy and I was scared I was scared about what my dad was going to say probably more than anything but he was supportive he was you know there was maybe a comment here or there but <laughs> for the most part he was super supportive it's so interesting and you mentioned something about you thought other people might think oh it's just another one of Taylor's like chopping and changing kind of things and I find that I always had the same thing like I counted my jobs the other day and I had like 20 jobs like I'm 26 I had 20 jobs and that's not including like all of the different clients I worked with so it's like just 20 different jobs and I remember always having like a thought in my head of the self-doubt of other people's judgment coming into myself is this actually the right decision or am I just convincing myself that this is right? Or do I just have to settle and stick in this and that's just the way things go? Did you ever yeah. find that it crossed over to your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I think especially this year or the last 12 months, I've had to think, do I want this or do I want what it looks like? Mm. So am I willing to struggle? Am I you know, sometimes how you start something and then you get halfway through and you're like, no, I can't really be bothered, <laughs> which is means I probably don't want the outcome. It just looks bright and shiny. So am I willing to struggle for this or 
is it just something that kind of the idea looks good or do I want this for the rest of my life or do I so that was massive for me so there was a lot of questions I had to ask myself and make sure I was doing it for the right reasons and not because of anybody else so for sure I think I think about it probably daily still with everything I do so yeah yeah, it's crazy that, and I think this is the biggest struggle for us as a generation is the fact that, and even Gen Z as well, it's the fact that we see all of these different careers, we see all of these options for ourselves online, and we don't know why we want them. You put the sample of like a travel blogger, let's say, you see the beautiful photos, but you don't see the fact that they have to spend the whole time that they're at that place trying to get the shot instead of being able to actually take in the scenery or spending six hours at the airport every two weeks and all of those kinds of things. I love that you mentioned that, am I willing to go through like the struggle parts of things or do I just want that shiny outcome? Because I think that's so relatable. Yeah, I don't think anything worth it comes easy. Mm. And people forget that. And, you know, people have that idea that, oh, once I have this, I will be happy. Once I've got this. And it just is like this never ending cycle. And the last, I remember last year, I was so bad for it. I thought, oh, I'll, you know, I've got a house. Once I get this house, I'll be happy. So I I bought a house two years ago and then I was like, okay, I need it. Now I need a dog. (laughs) And then I was still feeling like, so like sluggish about it. And then I realized that is so not what it's about. It's about what you're willing to struggle for and finding things that you can be content with. Because if you've got that, it's about changing your mindset really more than anything, because I have a fantastic life and I've met the most amazing people that have made me realise that I don't have to deal with shit people anymore. And it's like, oh, not everybody fucking sucks and everybody's got their own thing going on. And yeah, it's just one of those things that, if your mindset shifts just that little bit and you're checking in with yourself, you know, you'll, you will, you will live a much happier life. And you realize not so much about those outcomes. It's not so much about the tangible things or the career highlights and all of that stuff. It's literally about the day to day little things. And you can literally just be like, like it's a good day, like sun's shining. It's a fucking good day, hey, you know? Yeah, 100%. And if I, like, if I can get in the water and go for a surf or even just sit at the beach, I'm just, like, a better person times 10. So even little things like that, driving to the beach, I know it's hard for people in stage four at the moment, but just being outside. And I'm, like, a, I will only wear shoes if I have to wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> So I find even if I don't wear my shoes for the day, I feel heaps better. So half working from home and half working in the office has even, you know, brightened my day because I don't have to wear shoes or I can wear my other boots. So I love it's that. the little things. It really is the little things. I say I love that, but I okay hate that. I'm like, no, everyone keep their shoes on. I'm kidding. People look at- People literally look like, I'll, if I go to the shops, I'll wear my shoes. Thank I'm, God. Thank God. Yeah, I was going to ask, but I was scared. My mother would skin me alive if she knew <laughs> I was walking around the street without my shoes on. But um, yeah, it really is the little, the simple things. But people always pull me up on that. Like I was even at the beach for the weekend, but people are like, it's really cold. Do you want some socks? Like, And I'm just like, it's fine. I can't feel my feet anyway. But um, yeah, it does. Just the little things like not wearing shoes or yeah. going to the beach or 
spending time in the sun, um, which hopefully we can get to do a little bit more often now. I think they're really important. It sounds corny, but it is so true. Yeah, yeah, it's super cliche, super (laughs) cliche, but it's so real. Now, we we actually haven't touched on what your recent career change has been and where you're going. So you start, you chopped and changed in between and you settled in law, but then jumped around to different firms and different kind of parts of law, right? And now you've decided at 24, you decided after spending a few years in law, which people would say, oh, it's not enough. It's not enough time to get a feel for it. Decided to do what now? So I've decided that uh, Victoria Police is probably more up my alley. And I think, and I'm not sure, I think a lot of people have a fascination for police work, but not a lot of people have that passion for it. I know everybody's super interested. Um, You know, I've got friends and family that are in Victoria Police and you always ask them after a shift, did anything interesting happen? But there's so much more to it. I've been so lucky to have, the support of you know friends that are Victoria Police members and family that are Victoria Police members and I've asked a million and one questions and listened to a million and one podcasts and read that many books that I'm like okay I think this is for me so this is probably the longest running idea that I've had in my head that I haven't changed my mind about so that's super exciting I think what I would like to get into is like socket detective work, which is sex crimes and doing a lot of work with the victims, sex crimes and family violence and domestic violence. So that's probably why I've chosen to go into Victoria Police. And and that's just the way you start. You start as a general police officer, which is super exciting to me as well, because unfortunately a lot of your work will be domestic violence work. I think that's probably resonates with me a lot and makes it makes sense even you know even when I've told my friends about it now they're like okay yeah (laughs) I can see you doing that and even my mum she goes yeah the first time I told her and I was scared because my stepdad's a police officer he has been for I think 32 years 33 years I was worried she was going to be like don't do it (laughs) you know it can turn you hard sometimes and stuff like that but she was like yes you've wanted to do that forever, you know? And I thought, yeah, you're right. I have. So um, it'll be, it's a journey for sure. <laughs> but um, that's what it's all about sometimes, I think. Yeah, for sure. And and I love that. I love that despite, and like hearing it now, you and I'm sure you hearing it now as well, it seems like such a huge thing at the time or the build up to saying, I actually want to change or I actually want to do this. Or when you're, I think when you're in your 20s after 21, it starts to be like, nope, I, I have to sort it out now. Like, it's too late to change now, you know? It can often feel like that. And thinking back at it, that's like crazy that in your 20s you can feel too old. It's insane. Oh, I know. And I felt that in my early 20s majorly. And I thought by 25 I'd be married with kids, like, <laughs> honestly, which is just, like, insane now. But I have a friend, he's... I think he's 32 and he said to me the other day when he turned 30 he kind of I think he kind of panicked a bit too and his uncle called him on his 30th birthday and was like your life is just beginning like live your 30s to the max and I was like 
even that's scary for me because I'm 25 and I'm like, what? <laughs> you still kind of think, oh, what am I going to be doing by the time I'm 30? And I think females especially feel like they've got this ticking time bomb and their ovaries are going to shrivel <laughs> and, you know, they've got, to, they've got to know if they want kids and things like that. I have no idea. You know, you especially, you can see how things change so much in a year. And I think that I've sort of taken a day-by-day approach a little bit more. I do like to be organised and that's something I'm working on, but day-by-day as much as I can for sure. Um, And that's really helped me. That has helped me a lot. Not, it doesn't matter where I am in a year. It doesn't matter where I'm in two years, as long as I'm happy or I feel like I'm, you know, doing okay. I think that's all that matters. And if I don't have a husband by 30 or I don't, which is not looking great, um, <laughs> and, you know, and I don't, I'm not settling down. I don't have to. I think that's a massive stereotype for women. And it's great to see that it's happening at all different ages now, you know, how each generation it kind of happens in you know, age groups. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of happening later and later, but I've got friends that are out traveling the world. And then I've got friends that are married with kids and it doesn't, there's different levels of happiness throughout that. Even it doesn't define how happy you are if you're traveling or if you're, you've got a husband and kids or a career or, you know, you're saving for a house. It depends on the kind of person you are there's all different circumstances that come with it. You can look like something on social media, especially, but it's just so, you just never know, especially Mm -hmm. with social media. You just never know. Somebody can look like they're fully killing it, but on their deep down, it's probably not the case. It's funny how you said about like, you've got some friends who are like settling down, have married with kids and all of that kind of stuff. And then others that are traveling. And I think about that and I'm like, they're both like, they both seem so different, but I think there's like a, not an age in your life, but a time in your life that both can fit. And I think if we stopped focusing on like the age number and just said like, this is the time of my life now, like this is this chapter. And then next time I'm going into another chapter. And if we, when we start thinking about things like that, I find like it takes a lot of pressure off and that comparison off now I can you when you're 30 you can say oh yeah remember when I did law and now I'm in the police force and maybe at 30 you're like and you know what the police force I did my time and now it's not for me and I'm gonna move on to the next thing and I think the more you get used to that change and knowing that you can start again in whatever your scenario is the better it is you know, like it just takes a weight off your shoulder and you're just like, oh, like, yeah, this is cool. That just means I'm going to meet new people, experience new things and challenge myself in another way. And that's fucking great. A hundred percent. I completely agree with that. And I think, yeah, it is more, it's more about that. It's time and age is fucking nothing. <laughs> time and age is nothing. It means nothing. And I And I'm disappointed in myself that I put so much of an emphasis on that for so long. Even when I was in high school, it was like, I can't wait until I'm 18 because I was 12 when I was 17 and all my friends were partying and going out because they were 18. Can't wait until I'm an adult. And then it's like, I can't wait until I move out of home. And then it's, I can't wait. And now I'm just like, I can't wait to get back to mum's and she cooks for me for the weekend, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it is. It's just about valuing what you've got at the time and not comparing yourself 
to others, comparing yourself to yourself, if that yeah. makes sense, and bettering you, yourself, not compared to what everybody else is doing with their lives mm-hmm. and finding that inner peace with yourself, which is really hard to do sometimes, especially with social media and, you know, you're seeing all these successful people and you aren't going to get anywhere if you're comparing yourself to the success of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And as much as like we can both say that, I mean, I fall into the trap all the time and I'm sure oh. you catch yourself a lot as well. And it's, oh, and it is, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's impossible to, to not nearly impossible to not. And I, I just think like the fact that you can even like the fact in myself, like I always sit in the fact that the fact that I can acknowledge now that comparison is happening or that I'm being an idiot and I'm thinking that this is yeah. not happening quick enough or something and being able to reflect on, okay, well, like this is how far I've come or this is how this has gone, I think is the best thing you can do. And it kind of brings you back into that mm-hmm. ground zero. And honestly, like having chats with different people on the podcast each week or talking to people who are experiencing the same thing, it just like brings you back and saying, like, oh yeah, like I'm not the only one. <laughs> There's a lot of us out there. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think it's really about building your own emotional and self-awareness as well. If you're, you know, you, you still find yourself falling into these traps, but you're aware that you're doing it now. Yeah. Um, and I've found that I'm like, oh, shit, shit, I'm still falling into this trap. Like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, ah, but I'm picking up on it. So that's <laughs> something. And, you know, it's just baby steps. You're not going to wake up one morning and nothing's going to phase you and it's all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. It's just not like that. And if it was, it would be super boring. So the biggest part of me growing this year has been checking in with myself and establishing boundaries and developing that self-awareness and that emotional awareness. And there's stages of that. And I think I'm probably in the middle somewhere. (laughs) But as like last year, I was so blase and I just had, you know, I was letting everything get to me. But you're the only, sometimes you're the only person that can tell yourself, you know, pull your head in. And it's hard to listen to yourself sometimes, I think, but sometimes you're the most important person to do that. Before, before we jump into uh, the next conversation, what I wanted to, to touch on is the fact that now that you've kind of figured, like not figured out fully, but you've got this idea of like, you've had the courage to be like, okay, like I'm going to move on to the next thing. Do you find that like the process or just having that change in itself allowed you to feel differently and switch your mindset on things? Cause I found for me, like as soon as I said to myself, actually sitting at a desk nine to five doing this work, it's really not for me. And I don't give a fuck how many people are praising me or how much money I'm making it's not my life. And now I'm like living at home, making fucking TikTok videos, doing stupid things. And I am so like happy in it and okay in the process. Cause I know I'm going in a direction or I'm building something else. And like, I'm okay with that now. So, I mean, how has that been from you? Cause essentially you're starting from scratch, moving into the police force, right? You've got to yeah. relearn and, and add new skills and all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think, I really, a part of me had to, a part of me was terrified of what people would think massively and specific people as well. I'm like, they're just going to think 
you know, whatever, whatever they're going to think. Now I don't yeah. care. But um, I had to have a, like, ah, uh, fuck it. I had to have a fuck it attitude for a really long time. And I had to weed out people that didn't, that weren't going to help me grow. And that I didn't feel like they didn't have any value except for make me feel shit a lot of the time. So that was massive as well. And I had to hold myself accountable. I had to hold myself accountable through every step of that process. And I had to work hard. And if I didn't work hard and if I wasn't switched on every step of that way, there is no way I would have made it through because it is quite a grueling process in some stages. And they, it makes you second guess yourself all the time. You know, you do extensive psych interviews and, you know, there's people asking you all these behavioural questions and you've got to tell the truth, but sometimes you don't even know the truth to that answer, <laughs> to that question. So I've learned a lot about myself just in that process, for sure. Yeah, it was just about me being like, nah, fuck you guys. <laughs> if you're going to think this is a stupid idea for me to pursue this career, then you're not for me, you know? And I would do the same for all my friends is they could literally tell me that their dream is to something insane, like fly solo across the Antarctic with a parachute. I don't know. Like something <laughs> so silly. And I'd be like, you do you. Like, who to help? Um, I think no dream is too big or too little and you've just got to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And then I think you'll be pretty sweet. And if for some reason you fail, it's just about not letting that negative experience get to you and try and learn from it. And that was the biggest thing. I was scared of failure throughout the whole process. And I just thought, no, if this doesn't work, then I've got all this time and all this knowledge and to do literally whatever I want and sometimes that is as scary having all these things thrown at you and all these opportunities is nearly as scary as failing because you've still got to make a decision making a decision is super hard even if it's like you've got two good things thrown at you it's nearly as hard when you've got nothing thrown at you because you've still got to make this big decision which I'm no good at to be honest, I'm no, no good at making a decision. I can't even choose what to get for dinner. So like I live off sushi most of the time because that's what I feel like. It's just like easy and accessible. But yeah, that's been a massive thing for me as well is trying, being comfortable in making decisions for myself, which I would usually make, try and make other people make it for me. So yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. And like, there's so many, I guess, like parts of that. It's like, we are all kind of scared of the failure side. And a lot of people who, like if I'm thinking of like my friends and people in my circle and stuff like that, who maybe have started something or have wanted to do something, that failure thing is so huge. And it's a lot of the time why we don't tell people or we don't celebrate the wins because as soon as we get that first little win, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. But that's more pressure now because there's more people that know, well, there's, there's a bigger thing to lose or like yeah. never goes away no matter how successful you are at something the the yeah. I guess pressure only mounts and that sounds scary but if you're doing something that you enjoy and like you said for the right reasons then mm -hmm. it's okay you know to push yeah. through and that I think that applies not only in your career but your personal life as well because like rejection is so hard to swallow but it's not 
it's never as personal as it feels. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, mean that you're worthless. For the most of the time, it's timing and compatibility. And that's in your career, your relationships, you know, your personal life, literally everything. Rejection is tough. And once you're rejected once or twice, that sits with you for a really long time. And that's when you start, you know, your confidence starts lacking in every area and, you know, things like that. So that's still a big one for me too, is learning how to deal with rejection and just remembering that it's not personal and it has nothing to do with what kind of person you are a lot of the time. Yeah. It's detaching yourself from like the situation and who you are as a person, which, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really rough to do, but um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so important. Yeah. This year has been, it's been a shocker for a lot of people and, and some people it's been worse. Other people it's been, you know, a little bit better, but still sucked. And I think it's one thing, again, if we're talking comparison, sometimes we have these things of, I only had this happen to me. So imagine those other people. And, and a lot of that stuff can, it's pretty much one of the reasons why I really started the millennial crisis and created like the definition and stuff was because that was what I was experiencing. And then realized a lot of other people are experiencing the comparison of grief, sadness, anxiety, stress, all of those things and not actually feeling through it. So how is 2020 kind of been for you from the shock start to where you are now what is it nine months later yeah well I can tell you this has been the quickest year today <laughs> like I saw this meme or something pop up on Instagram today it was like 100 days till Christmas and I was like <laughs> no I was like goodness I can't believe it but to be honest it's been tough it's been tough not being able to see especially since Melbourne's been in stage four my best friends in Melbourne and my dad and my little brother and sister they're in Melbourne and it's really hard to not get to see them and then I've got family on the other side that I can't get to but I've never learnt so much about myself I I'm alone you know I'm single but to be honest I felt more alone with people than how alone I feel now like I feel happy by myself there's definitely been times this year where I've been a lot, like I've been a lot and I've let my emotions get the better of me. And 20 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, probably not necessary to be so, you know, emotional. And that has taught me to, you know, think about things. And I've probably, probably been more quiet within myself, probably the last six months, especially, but I have, like, I brought a van. So I think I did that like three months ago, which, so I haven't really been able to take it out as much, but I was like, I was literally, I was looking and I was kind of looking and then I was like, you know what? I don't need a man. And that sounds really silly, but I've, you know, I've always, when I've gone camping and stuff, I've gone with the guys or even I would almost rely on one of the guys, you know, one of my guy friends to take me surfing and I can do that by myself like it's something that I enjoy and that I used to do so often and I've only just started doing that by myself again now so buying this van you know that's all decked out has given me the opportunity to piss off and go be by myself in 
the most beautiful places that are so close to me still and even places where I've grown up you know I grew up on the coast and I took it for granted I completely took it for granted and I feel like I'm there's a bit of nostalgia about it being you know along the coast and being in the water all the time but I'm relearning all these things and learning more about where I you know I grew up and where I'm from and it it does make you realize how important you know your childhood is and how important it is to spend time alone you need a certain type of confidence I think especially as a female to just pack up and go oh no yeah I'm just gonna go sleep in a van for a week by myself and it's you have to be vulnerable which is (laughs) you know really hard for was really hard for me because I've always been pretty structured and always had a routine and I've just now got the opportunity to you know leave that behind when I take leave or go away for the weekend and that has saved me this year I think has been my saving grace but I think that hasn't just you know changed this year for me or you know while COVID's going on it's given me a lot of confidence to even travel alone which I never thought I'd be able to do I never thought I was going to be that kind of person that could just check into a hostel and not know where they're going. I've always had an itinerary when I've travelled. But now I'm just like, I'm just going to drive because we're in stage two for a really long time and I had the van for probably three weeks of that. I was like, I'm just going to drive. I'm just going to drive and see where it takes me. And I would just stop somewhere, you know. Sometimes I would get an hour down the road. Sometimes I would get four hours down the road and I've met some amazing people doing that like-minded people which sometimes is really hard to find especially when you're in a small town it's hard to find people that have the same values and morals as you so it's been insane and it's just gone so quick but it has been a really exciting year for me I love that that's awesome and I'm so jealous of the van thing I have like (laughs) I've been like that, that is my next thing to do since I can't travel and stuff. I'm like, I need to live the van life. This yeah. is my new thing. <laughs> I've, I've actually noticed like on my social media and stuff, you know, girls that I've gone to school with and girls that, you know, I know in the community have done the exact same thing. They've bought a mm. van and they've decked it out themselves, which is I love that. so empowering. And I follow this girl, like um, I went to school with her and I've just followed everything she's done and she's documented it start to finish and she's been so vulnerable and she's been so open and I think it's just it's such a you know empowering thing for a female especially to do I think for anybody to do but she's killing it and it's so exciting to see um that other yeah women are feeling comfortable enough within themselves to take a big step like that and just go stuff it and, you know, you've got, when you've got a van, you have this stereotype. Like I've had people say to me, oh, but you work in law, but you have a van and you surf or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, because I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> like, sorry, but not, not sorry. And other people think it's great. But do you know what? It doesn't matter yeah. what people think. As long as, you know, you're living your best life. And you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Like, and I understand that if you pull up somebody's Instagram, you kind of, you look at it and then you, without even realizing you have this idea in your head. So when people have followed me on Instagram for a long time, and then they ask me what I do for a job, 
they can't fathom that or mm. if people know what I do for a job and then they follow me on Instagram they can't fathom that either that's social media for you I right yeah yeah, yeah for, for sure and it is it's 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 so interesting like the ideas and I, and I do it as well like I remember when I came back from South America and I did a few out there kind of things while I was there like I did silent meditation treats and all that kind of stuff and I came back and I remember like I got on FaceTime with my friends because COVID and they were like are you not wearing makeup now do you like grow your armpit hairs out like what's yeah. the deal like because I spent that time and they were like thinking but I remember thinking I'm literally exactly the same annoying bitch that left like I am you like get rid of me yeah. literally like I, it's not I've just introduced a few different things into my life and learned a little bit more about yeah. me and 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 how to like do life right yeah it's okay to change yeah and it's exactly. so okay to change and outgrow people and it doesn't mean you're better than them it's just you're on different paths I felt guilty about that you know outgrowing friendships and relationships and I don't like using that term outgrowing because you're not better than them they're just growing in a different you know in a different on a different path but I felt so guilty for changing and I have I have changed this year and you know you've got to take the guilt away from that or else you're just gonna you're not going to be able to do that to the fullest and everybody changes and I think we're at that age especially where it's so common I I think I remember like doing an episode fully on that and talking about you said you're not better than any like it's never about being better than someone or anything like that it's just you grow in different paths and your paths may cross again in future and other times all your friends are in a relationship and then you're not in a relationship perhaps the people in relationships might not hang out on Friday and Saturday nights anymore because that's their date night or whatever it is you know yeah. so it's like it it can work the same and I, I think you can have different friends or different groups for different things as well and I think that's so yeah. important to know yeah I've never fit into a group ever like that's never been for me but I think the reason me and my best friend have been so close for so long is because no matter what path we've been on, we've supported one another. And that's hard to find because usually, you, you know, you see it all too often that you're close with somebody for a couple of years and then kind of fade out because you are taking different paths. And that's okay, but you've got to remember that this beautiful person and, you know, it's okay to not like the same things anymore. But checking in and keeping that friendship is, is sometimes really valuable and you learn a lot. I think. I've learned this year that I learn a lot more listening than speaking and speaking and speaking. And you would probably find that having a podcast. So I'm a lot more quiet than I was 12 months ago, for sure. It's so funny you say that because I'm the biggest big mouth ever. It still comes across now, but when I was in high school, I mean, I would not shut up. You would hear me from ages away. And, <laughs> and it was something that was really difficult for me to learn in the podcast to get used to the silence and letting people speak and like all the etiquacies and strengths and challenges that come with just listening, which is actually like a really underrated skill. And yeah. I found when I got better at that and I got better at conversation, I got better at two-way conversation. A lot of people started opening up 
to me in different ways. And I would find people would say like, oh, Demi actually listens. And I was like, that's really weird because I was a really bad listener. And I'm still not amazing now either, but I'm so much better than what I was. And it's such an underrated skill. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think, you know, you listen to learn and you, you should speak to ask questions and learn as well. I don't think, you know, how people speak to speak. Like, you know, somebody could be like, I had this experience and then you'd kind of, without even realising, be like, oh, same. So I completely understand. Half the time you don't understand because every, sometimes that's the worst thing you can say to somebody is, I completely understand because like my second cousin, Sally, whatever, you, you need to listen and speak to, yeah, to gain that knowledge and you learn a lot more. And then, you know, at the end of that conversation, then you can, you can speak to help or you can, you know, you know, speak to learn again. It's just, it is insane. And it's made a massive, and I still pull myself up on that. So I'm not going to say I'm a lot better at it, but when you listen to somebody and really listen, that you can uncover a lot more about somebody and experiences and life. I totally agree. We're getting towards the end of the podcast now. And I have three questions that I asked all of my guests in the end. And then we will jump into the challenge that you have for everyone. So the first question I have for you is, what is the first small step you took to get to where you are right now? Uh, I think it was holding myself accountable, to be honest, and checking in with myself. So noticing when I needed to, you know, establish boundaries and when I needed to touch base and feel uncomfortable. It's okay to feel uncomfortable, but letting myself feel uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, that for sure would be the number one thing that that's where it all kind of grew from. And that's where my self-awareness, you know, started to, you know, come in to play. So that was massive for me. Huge. The next question I have for you is what is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privilege problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health or well-being. Yeah, for sure. I think it is still not having enough confidence in myself to be the best that I can be. I'm the only one stopping myself from all these amazing opportunities that are coming at me and I've got nobody else to blame. It's me. It's, it's me. And somebody said to me the other day, you don't have to make that decision right now and everything. And that's true. That is completely true. He said, write it down. And I laughed at him and he goes, no, write it down and think about it for a while. You know, giving yourself permission to do that, I think is okay. So that would for sure be my privileged millennial crisis for sure and it sounds and you know you talk about it and it sounds ridiculous but sometimes you're the only person stopping you from you know getting far or getting somewhere that really amazing it's so funny you say that because every time I ask someone that question the words or in some form always come out is it sounds so ridiculous to say or it sounds so silly but this is fully what it is and we all have those things and I think and we're so entitled to feel that way exactly Um, 
Yeah, it's 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 so funny. The the last question I have for you is what is one thing you still want to explore or are curious about? I think being alone still. I think that I'm still and that doesn't mean oh if, you know, the perfect person came along that I would you know, cut them out. I just think that I'm comfortable I'm comfortable exploring alone and doing things alone and I think it's been so valuable for me to do that and I want to continue to do that but that doesn't mean I think people have a funny idea of relationships and once you're in a relationship yeah like I think you should date and if you're in a relationship you should do it because you want to spend the rest of your life with that person but it doesn't mean you have to be in each other's back pockets all the time I think it's about having that trust in somebody and, you know, having the same values. And I don't believe in compromise. I think once you have to start compromising with somebody all the time, that's when that kind of, you know, that relationship kind of flies out the window and everything kind of gets a bit messy. I think it's being comfortable, still being your own person, but having somebody to share that with as well. So that's been massive for me as well. I love that. That's, that's really cool. And I think like, despite, I can really relate because I feel like despite traveling solo for six months, like I still feel like sometimes I'm like, I'm really not comfortable being on my own, you know, and you can still have those other things. And I think we all experience that to some extent and it's never going to be perfect, but it's so important to enjoy yourself and your own company and to practice that because regardless of if you have all the friends in the world or have the best relationship ever, it's so important to be confident in you and love you I have my days I have (laughs) my days a lot of them actually but I know at the end of the day I'm better for it I'm better for spending this time alone yeah I love it now you have a challenge for everyone for this week yes yes I do so I had a big think about it because I wanted it to be something that had really helped me out as well, not just something that I haven't been doing. So this is something I've been doing, especially for the last three or four months, is when there is a negative experience, asking yourself and writing it down, especially asking yourself what you've learned from that negative experience. And you, without even realising, you know, you might look back at the notes that you've scribbled down or, and then you're like, oh, it's actually quite a positive experience now. But because I learned this, this and this from this breakup or this happening at work, I've been able to become more confident in making decisions or, you know, whatever it might be. So I think that's been massive for me and I probably don't do it enough still, but it takes 30 seconds to write down, this happened today, it really sucked. But next time, or but because of this, I've learned dot 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 just dot points and putting it in that way so I think half of my journal is literally and it can be a minor experience it can be something that has been pissing you off for a long time that keeps popping up and it's kind of getting rid of that you've got to pick it apart before you can you know if you've still got that negative outlook on it you're probably not going to grow it's about breaking that down and finding as cliche as it sounds finding that positive in that negative and yeah learning from it thank you that's awesome and I'm excited to do that as well because I think writing things out is so 
therapeutic in one way or another, cathartic, right? <laughs> yeah, I need to do it a lot more, that's for sure. I think I've kind of just like outed myself and I'm like, <laughs> I need to do that a little bit more. Um, so I'm glad we spoke about it. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad. And, and yeah, I, th- I think there's always those things that we know help us so much and we lose them at one stage or another, but pick them up. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for this chat today. Honestly, it's been, it's been so great. And I appreciate you being so open and honest with everyone, because I know that the listeners would have related to so many things you said and are going to feel much less alone in the experiences that they're having at the moment. So I really appreciate that. And you've been an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much. I always enjoy chatting to you and I've learned so much from you as well. So I'm extremely grateful. I will link all of Taylor's socials in the show notes as well. So you guys can go and let her know how you went with the challenge and what you experienced. And if you do listen to the episode and love it, tag Taylor and tag me and let us know your favorite part. Thank you again, Taylor, for coming on. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Thank you. Thanks, Deb. Bye. See ya.